0: Following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester,
1: New York. Good morning. I'm Leah Peterson, and with me this morning are Jeff, Gus, and Trixie. The second candle represents faith. It's called the Bethlehem Candle as a reminder of Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem and Jesus' entry into human history. It is about our attitude of preparedness.
0: I'm going to read Malachi um, 3, 1 through 4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit at a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify it, the descendants of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the Lord of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years.
1: And now we have a reading from Luke. And I have the message version, and I think that's the NIV version that will come up there. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives and in the very house of David, his servant. Just as he promised long ago through the preaching of his holy prophets, deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers and mothers as he remembers what to do And he said he'd do what he swore to our father, Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy camp. And so we worship him without a care in the world, made holy before him as long as we live. And you, my child, prophet of the highest, will go ahead of the master to prepare his ways, present the offer of salvation to his people, the forgiveness of their sins, Through the heartfelt mercies of our God, God's sunrise will break upon us, shining on those in darkness, those sitting in the shadow of death, then showing us the way, one foot at a time, down the path of peace. This is the word. Uh,
0: Thank you so much, Catherine and Michael. Uh, and thank you to all of you. I'll echo what they said uh, for your generosity in supporting that and many other um, missions in our community and in our world. But um, <clears throat> on a day when I'm up here looking this way, more often, uh, you know, more more than the other, I was able to sit there and have have a little moment of church, um, thanks to your bearing witness to um, the ministry. That you've done and that our church has been able to partner with you on, and um, that was really beautiful for me, and, and I know for, for everyone here as well. So one of the fun things about Christmas is, is the, like the waiting and the anticipation, right? And this is probably more true maybe when we're young and we're looking ahead to the kind of fun, like Santa-y um, aspects of Christmas. And one of the things that I've discovered as I've gotten older is that it's fun in a new way when you're an adult because you get to witness um, children experiencing that kind of with a, with a perspective that you have as an older person. And so for me these days, thinking, looking ahead to Christmas, I mostly think about like, the fun that, that kids are having. My kids, my niece, my nephews, the kids at Artisan Church, um, my friend's kids, and, and, and all of that. And um, several years ago, I, I had bought a gift for my nephew, my younger nephew. His name is Matt. And he was probably about, uh, I would say, about 10 years old at the time. And uh, as he opened it, it, he found that it, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember it had one of those pieces of tape on it. Do you know the type of tape I'm talking about? Like that really terrible tape that was definitely designed by some cartoon villain who hates children and does not want to see them get to play with the toy that they can see and hold (laughs) but can't open? Um, Yeah, that tape. So it had that tape on it, and he looked up at me as the person who'd given him the gift and said, Uncle Scott, can I borrow your pocket knife? I don't know if you know me, (laughs) but he might as well have asked me to borrow my octopus. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, I was not prepared for this moment. (laughs) The funny thing is every other man in this child's life carries a pocket knife. You know, his other uncle, his other other uncle, his dad, my dad, everybody except me. So he just assumed that I would have a pocket knife. He didn't say, "Do you have a pocket knife?" He said, "Can I borrow your pocket knife?" <laughs> also, Matt is a boy scout, and you know the boy scout motto, don't you? What is it? be prepared. I was never a Boy Scout, but I know that. Some of you were and some of you weren't Boy Scouts. That's the model of the Scouts. Be prepared. And of course, it's a big theme of Advent as well. And um, something that I try to do during this season, spiritually, is to take that anticipation of Christmas that we all know um, and translate that into something a little bit more hard to grasp, into this spiritual waiting for the coming of Jesus for the religious aspects of, of the Christmas holiday and as you know because I told you last week and I, I mention this every year at Advent the, the Christian church thinks of the, the waiting for Jesus not only as waiting for the birth of Jesus but as waiting for the return of Jesus and that's a big mysterious kind of thing and we don't always understand. Sometimes we never understand what that even means. Um, but when we come to the texts in the Bible that speak about preparing the way for the Lord, which is something that you find in the prophets of the Hebrew Bible, and you find repeated and kind of claimed as his own uh, by John the Baptist in the New Testament, in the Christian scriptures, when you think about that kind of preparation. Um, I try to apply that to both aspects of Advent, to kind of waiting for the coming of Jesus and celebrating the birth of Jesus, but also for being prepared, being ready for, for what will come um, in the future. And maybe that's some apocalyptic thing, and maybe it's just like the next person I meet as I leave the building today, I need to have this preparation. And I, I got thinking about the, the verb tenses here, you know, like you do, Right? <laughs> Well, maybe you don't, but I do. Um, because of that Boy Scout motto, I was like, it's be prepared, but the text says prepare. You know, you, what's the difference there? Hopefully, if you have your pocket knife, you are already prepared. But the text is calling us to prepare, which is more of a future tense thing. It's like get ready for something that's coming down the road. And then, of course, we could make it with an ing, right? And make it preparing, and I wonder what it would like be, I wonder what it would be like to have a posture in our spirits that is always preparing, even if it 's not always fully prepared and so the main thing that I want to do today is totally unrelated to this, but I thought that that might be a, a way to kind of prime the pump for what we 're going to do and And in case what we do doesn't really appeal to you, um, what's coming next? This might be the thing that you could take with you. Just ask yourself which verb tense of prepare applies to you today most. The call, the command to prepare, the idea of being already prepared, or the concept of preparing as an ongoing process. So, in this Advent season, I'm, I'm sensing that folks are eager for spiritual practices. That's kind of always true, but especially right now, um, in this season of the year, and maybe even especially, especially in this particular year, during this season, it seems like we need ways and methods to kind of slow ourselves down, to, to um, allow God's Spirit the space to speak to us. And so I'm going to lead us in a spiritual practice now, which some of you will be very familiar with, because I do it a few times a year um, from the uh, pulpit, as it were. But if you're newer to artists, and this might be the first time you've ever done this, and so I'll try to guide you through it and tell you a little bit about it. It's a practice called Lectio Divina, and it just means sacred reading. This is a spiritual practice that I discovered, you know, many years ago now, and it is one of my favorite ways to read the Bible and to pray, and the hint there is that it's both things at the same time, which is what I really love about it, because sometimes I feel kind of frozen, like I can't get unstuck. And if I read the scriptures in a kind of my standard studious way, it doesn't do anything for me. And if I try to pray, I can't get the wheels turning, and it's very frustrating. Lectio Divina almost always breaks those things loose for me. It's like the log jam clears and the river can flow again. And so this way of sacred reading simply involves reading the same text four different times in four different ways. Now if you're doing this on your own, you might set a timer and make each one of the readings be a period of reading the passage over and over again before you change your focus to the next one. But when I lead it in a public place like this in the interest of time, we just treat it as one single reading of the passage in the first method and then another reading, single reading in the second method, and there's these four methods of reading it. And so I usually find that over-explaining it just makes it more confusing. Much like some of the best board games, you simply just have to play around um, to get going with it. So here's what we'll do. The first reading, and we're going to use Luke 1, 68 through 79, which is the gospel reading for this week from the lectionary. And I love that Catherine and Michael read it in a different translation because that means that you didn't get even more times of having it the same same words. Um, But the first reading is simply... um, the the Latin word that's assigned to it is just lexio. It just means reading. So we're just going to read it, and the goal here is to kind of grasp what's happening in the passage. And uh, I would also encourage you to pay attention to see if a if a word or a phrase kind of pops up for you. I often talk about like the words glowing on the page, if you're reading the page. Now, some people prefer to see it visually. You can open up a Bible if you want. Some people prefer to hear it, and that's fine too. Whichever works better for you. But notice if a word or a phrase stands out from this passage in Luke 1 on this first reading as I read it. By the way, the context that's not given in the lectionary is that this is uh, John's father, of Uh, Filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the following prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. I'll give you just about 20 seconds of silence. All right, so another thing that I love about this technique of reading is that it acknowledges the fact that the Holy Spirit is present with each one of us in our reading of the scriptures and might speak to each of us in a slightly different way. And so when we do this practice in community, I love to hear from a few people after each one of the readings about what happened for them in that reading. And it's so... um, it's amusing and wonderful and beautiful and funny and confusing sometimes that people have completely different experiences with the text. So what I'd like to ask you to do, just maybe four or five of you, and I'll open the Zoom chat so I can see it on, on there as well, if you'd, like to, um, if you'd like to type your answer in there, I'll, I'll try to read it out. Which word or phrase, if any, kind of rose to the top for you? Did it glow or kind of seem important for you today? Just go ahead and shout it out or type it into the... Tender. tender. You say tender and so did the first person on Zoom. Um, someone else on Zoom said light. What else? Without fear. Without fear. That was mine. One of mine as well. Enemies. Enemies. Yeah. Favorably. There's another vote in Zoom for without fear. Yeah. 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 I love that so much. And... I'm going to have you put a pin in some of that. And I didn't warn you about this, so that's totally fine. I love what you just shared, Leslie. Um, you said redeemed and has shown, these past tense things, and then all this future tense stuff. will do this, we'll do that. Um, and it's like God has done, and then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So here's the thing. When you do this exercise, it doesn't matter how many times you do it, this will happen to you. So there's no shade at all. You will find yourself drifting into the other readings, the other types of reading. Now, I haven't told you any of the other ones yet. That's totally fine. But when we get to the next one, you'll come back and do this one. You'll say, oh, that word didn't glow the first time. It's totally totally okay. Just let it happen. Whatever experience you have with this, it's okay to have that experience. Um, uh, More votes from Zoom. Uh, Remember, with your feet and the way of peace. Do you see how, like, there's almost as many different words kind of popping up as there are people who are sharing, and that is to be expected. So, let's move on to the second reading, which is um, meditatio, and you can guess that that word means meditation. The the roots of this word actually correspond to um, rumination, right? which is, which, which actually means like, uh, like a a cattle. Can you say a cattle? A cattle chewing its cud, right? Or a dog gnawing on a bone. And here's what we do in the second reading. Some of what um, Leslie was just sharing, I think actually was beginning to be in this second reading where you're not just noticing words appearing to kind of glow or figuring out what's actually happening in the narrative of the passage, but you're starting to wonder about it a little bit, to turn it over in your mind, to ask questions of it, to say, I wonder if this means X or Y or Z or, huh, I never noticed that before. That reminds me of this other passage. All those kinds of things happen in this second reading. Again, um, there's no wrong way to do this. So uh, if you already were doing some of that, you might find that that continues. If you weren't doing any of it yet, you might find that it continues with the word or phrase that you noticed in the first reading, and you might not. (laughs) So I'll give you this uh, second reading here, Meditatio, from Luke 1. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, To guide our feet into the way of peace. Again, take about 20 seconds to process that. And let's let's unpack it a little bit. Same as before, and this is you might have more than a few words to say here, and that's fine. I'll do my best to repeat what you say so that folks on Zoom can have the experience too. Rather than passing the microphone around on this occasion, um, in part because I like to maintain an anonymity when possible, although I I did not do that in the previous example, and I apologize, uh, you know, retroactively for that. So. What experience did you have in this reading? What questions came up, or what observations, what kind of, huh, moments did you have? So I was saying in the Red Bible, this is written physically in the format of a poem or a song. A very nice
1: column over is very magnificent. And I'm hmm. kind of wondering what might be trying to draw parallel between these two uh, exhortations, these exclamations, these pronunciations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, thank you. Yeah, and we do have these microphones in the room, so people might be picking that up okay on Zoom, but I'll try to summarize it, because um, some in the, in this room might not be able to hear you as well, but noticing that in this particular, in the physical Bible that you're reading from, this is offset, like poetry, and that it's you know right next to the column with Mary's song, the Magnificat, and wondering what... Luke the author might want us to be noticing about having these two kind of poetic proclamations or exhortations next to each other. Thank you. Yeah, you went you went outside the boundaries of our text today, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, this is a juxtaposition between the tender
1: mercy of God and breaking
0: upon us which is kind of, it sounds kind of violent. Yeah. Of like... Noticing some poetry there, um, not just in the way it's set on the page, but in the in the device of juxtaposition. Specifically you said the phrase tender mercy right next to breaking upon us, right? Yeah, really beautiful image. Did I see someone over here as well? Go ahead. Um, looking closer at uh, where they came up with enemies, realizing that um, the context is that we've already been saved, we've already been rescued. hmm Yeah, beautiful. So n- noticing the word enemies in the previous reading and then kind of unpacking that a little bit here to think about the fact that we've already been saved from them and that our call is to peace, not to more war and battle. Yeah. And that's one of the ones that kind of glowed for me as well. And I, I it's impossible to, to, to separate it from the teachings of Jesus about our enemies, right, too, which is really fascinating. Yeah, so naming all of the things that he, God, has done um, uh, speaks to you as, as an indication that God is an active presence, an active God, you said. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. So you you're taking some. This is beautiful too, because you, the Spirit's been speaking to you about the imagery of beating swords into plowshares from the prophets, and and that's c- carrying into your experience today with this text and the idea of the darkness being wars and rumors of war, and the idea that um, the the dawn breaking on that is is a transition to a, a way of peace. That's beautiful. Thank you. I, I, I see you making... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, is Scott pointing to someone down there? There's no one with their hands. He's making a keyboard symbol with his hands. Okay. Uh, someone says, if we are being rescued from the hands of our enemies, we may have been forced into serving those enemies under duress or pain. This promises under a holy covenant and an oath sworn by God that we might be called to serve him without that fear or duress or pain that we were previously used to. Thank you for that. And thank you for um, indicating that I should look down and read that. So the third reading. This is where we make a transition into an act of prayer. Um, this is how this practice becomes both reading and prayer. And so it's, it's oratio, which is the Latin word for, pray, for prayer. Um, and uh, all of the normal kind of caveats about prayer would apply here as well, which you've heard me make before, which is that prayer is not just asking God for things. That is one type of prayer. Um, Prayer is also complaining to God about things. (laughs) That's a very common type of prayer in the scriptures. Prayer is asking questions of God. That's also very common in the scripture. Prayer is adoration of God, loving God, stating your, your warmth toward God. That's also present in the scriptures. And sometimes prayer is simply being quiet and listening for God to say something to you, because prayer can be a conversation. And one of the ways that God does speak to us is through the text. And so uh, I don't know which type of prayer you'll be more prone to experience today in this reading, and it could vary from time to time, occasion to occasion. But as I read this text again, with the, the glowing words in mind and with the, the contemplation uh, excuse me, the meditation that you just had a minute ago in mind, move your heart to prayer in some way as I read this a third time. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He has looked favorably on His people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in the house of His servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, To guide our feet into the way of peace. In some ways, Orazio is this third reading, is the most personal and intimate reading in this practice. And so it would be totally understandable if if nobody wanted to share the prayer that they just prayed. However, that's usually not the case. Usually some people are willing to share. And often when they do, it's the most poignant experience of the morning. So which case will it be today? (laughs) Does anybody want to share the type of prayer you just had? prayer of longing for peace because the, the picture that's painted in the text is, seems pretty aspirational given what, what the world is like today. Is that fair? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So praying for light for those who are in literal darkness often at this time of year. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's a beautiful, a beautiful thought. And by the way, it's um, the fifth of December, so we have seventeen more days before the days start getting longer again. Oh my goodness, that's beautiful. Um, This always happens at least once. I'm not going to try to repeat that one. I'm so sorry um, if you didn't hear it. Um, That was great. Uh, Someone on Zoom says, prayer to give us hope and remind us of hope in the middle of suffering... Because you want us comforted and loved always. And the you is capitalized as a prayer to God. So
1: oddly enough, mm. it made me think about when I was having back from I think a couple of weeks ago, I had car troubles, and somebody was kind enough to pull over and check to make sure I was okay. I didn't know that
0: individuals' political stance Mm -hmm. or anything about them and they didn't know anything about me. What we knew is somebody needed help and somebody who's willing to give that help. So Ah. that reminder of that works. That's so lovely. And and can you say maybe a word or two more about how that was a prayer for you? So, yeah, I was. It, uh, my assumption would have been that that was a prayer of thanksgiving, but it, I hear you saying that it was more like a prayer of exhortation to remember um, this, all this talk about enemies in peace, that w- when you were in need a week or two ago and had car trouble and a stranger stopped and helped you, you received that help and that person offered that help even though you you had no idea whether you were on the same team politically or otherwise, right? Yeah, like maybe they were a Dodgers fan or something. <laughs> Like, I don't care about the Dodgers, but you know what I mean. That's code. It's code. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. I, I'm struck every single time I do this, and I, I, you'd think I'd get used to it by now, but how, how varied the experience is in the room here and on Zoom. Thank you so much, all of you, for sharing your experiences with this text in this, in this practice. There's one more reading, and it's Contemplatio. Often with Latin words, you can just add an N and you get an English word. And contemplation uh, reading is, it's always the hardest to understand and explain for me, but basically the way I do it is to imagine yourself sitting under a tree with the text. Warm, sunny day, neutral experience, and all you're doing is just sitting there and being with it. The work is done now friends there's no more work to do if you catch yourself doing work in this stage you have reverted to one of the other readings and that's okay but just return your attention to the idea of just being present with the experience that you've had today okay and this is our final reading blessed be the lord god of israel for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them he's raised up a mighty savior for us in the house of his servant david as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. We have time if one or two people would like to share if you had an experience particularly interesting to you in just trying to sit with the text. And if, you, if nobody shares here, that's fine too. that's beautiful thank you for sharing that um, I'll try to repeat the last part of what you said which is that it's sitting in the text after deconstructing so much over the last couple of years it's, it was almost and, and hearing other people sharing with it it was almost an invitation to re-engage with the Bible which has been really difficult recently thank you so much for sharing that did I see another hand here yeah go ahead Mm. Yes. It's but then talking from Wow. Also, very beautiful observation. Um, It's amazing how much comes up when you're supposed to just be sitting quietly with the text, right? So much of it just sort of comes together there. And I love, you kind of both hinted at this idea of hearing this language of forgiveness of sins and having that almost be like another buzzword, but like almost being triggering a little bit because you've heard that preached in, in certain ways for so long. And then to make the realization that it's actually just the knowledge of the forgiveness of sins that's already happened. That's, I think, what I heard you say in part um, wow, that's beautiful. And you said so much more, but I won't try to, I won't try to repeat it because I would, I would not do justice to it. So this is Lectio Divina, something you can do on your own. If you have any questions about it and want to follow up with me, get a little bit more guidance, I'd be happy to, to get an email from you or to talk with you after service if you want. Something that you can do on your own, and I encourage you to give it a try. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with it um, with each other.